Ag State of Mind, episode 68. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we are actually going to pause our month on nutrition to chat with my friend, Whitney Larson. Whitney is a farmer from Western Kansas who is an incredible advocate for farmers and in particular farm wives everywhere. Um, If you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you'll recall we talked to Kylie Epperson last April, who is Whitney's co-host of the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. They're good friends and always, uh, always someone talking about this podcast on their show. So today is Whitney's turn. Uh, This is a perfect opportunity for us to plug an event that is coming up, which was created by Whitney. On February 20th, 2021, there will be an online event for women in ag that is titled Cultivating Courage. There are a wide variety of speakers on a number of different topics, ranging from ag literacy to field meals. Um, I'm very honored to be the only man speaking at this event and sharing my keynote on mental health and how it affects us in agriculture. So to register for this event, go to www.cultivating-courage.org. This is sure to be an incredible event. So much, so much good information here for women in agriculture. And again, like I said previously, I'm very honored to be on, be on this, this event because I, I truly care about the women of agriculture and of rural America in general. And it's, it's just a great thing that's put on by Whitney. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that she's wanted me to be a part of this. So, uh, all right, um, go check that out. Again, the website is cultivating-courage.org. We'll link that in the show notes so you can go back and find that and go register for that. Um, I think there's plenty of room left and I think you can register until the day of the event, which is February 21st, uh, 2021. So, uh, all right, without any further ado, here is my interview with my friend, Whitney Larson. All right, Whitney Larson, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. I know it's had a, a lot of issues. I've said that a lot lately with people, a lot of issues getting scheduling and canceling and rescheduling. Um, so I appreciate you being flexible with my crazy schedule and I mean yours too. Yeah, farm life. I think we both understand that very well, that nothing ever goes yep. as planned. You know, I, I can't remember who it was. I chatted with about this. Like, that's a great thing about when you talk with someone else who does podcasting and is also involved in agriculture is, I mean, the flexibility is like, you just, you understand it. Like, you understand, like, you know, we had last week, we had cows get out and you're like, oh, I get it. Like, I mean, they're saying, <laughs> say no more. You totally understand. And, yep. you know, that's nice to have with people. It's nice to have that, like, kind of rapport and understanding with people. Right. Then you don't feel any guilt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because you then you spend your time apologizing and people don't understand and that that can get exhausting. So yeah, it's nice to not have to go through that. Yes. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about your journey. Um, I've heard it a number of times, but it's still 
fascinating to me how someone like you, who you, you describe yourself kind of as a, as a town girl, as a city girl. And then you come in to where now to where you are like a lot of people look at you as like the go-to farm wife page on Instagram. And I think that's so cool how you went to that. And I would love to share that story with, with the folks here today. Yeah. So I stay city girl. It really isn't a city. Like where I grew up was 4,000 people. I mean, it was a large size rural community. So yeah, I grew up in town. We like had a poodle for an animal. That's the only animal we ever had. (laughs) I grew up all things sports, like basketball was life for me and my sister and my brother. Um, We grew up in the weight room in the summers. We were in the weight room, the gyms, traveling, doing sports everywhere. And it's kind of funny because Bart is fourth generation. I am actually third once removed, but we are on our first generation farm. We are not farming with any family. So it's kind of funny. I remember, oh, being like two and three going for tractor rides with my granddad, but I don't distinctly remember growing up being out there. Just wasn't something we did, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, city, city girl turned farm wife is my story. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I mean, I think it's really cool when you have that perspective and we talk about this often with uh, women who are, you know, kind of come and are not, didn't grow up that way. And I, I feel like it provides a really fresh perspective as to like, you know, why do we do things? And maybe a reason why we changed some things up. And, you know, I know that's the way it's been because that's the way it was for Carrie and I. Uh, she didn't grow up on a farm. Uh, she grew up in the country, but not on a farm. And she's challenged me in a lot of ways. And I wonder if it has it been like that for you and Bart at all? So I do think so. And, and I like to tell people when they want to talk to me about, you know, I get a lot of messages like, oh my gosh, how do you do this and this and this? And I just, you know, I always tell them I started somewhere too. Like I was the person that knew nothing. I had never driven a tractor. I couldn't even back up a trailer. Like I couldn't do anything. I was fresh. And so I remember like our first year of marriage kind of being bitter with Bart. Like I felt like he was choosing the farm over me and I was kind of bitter. Like I just felt like my world had been rocked because I was used to having supper with my mom and dad and my siblings every single night. You know, our schedule was Dad gets up at 6.30, goes to work, but he's home at 6.30 every night. He's home. He's We ate supper together. So then when I Bart moved me to his hometown, I didn't know anyone. I knew his family, but I had no friends. And I was I was at home alone and I was bitter. I was mad at the world that that I didn't know. I guess I didn't, I didn't really want to learn then. So I was just mad. I was mad at him. And it was, it was really hard the first year because I was a, a I say seasonal single mom, but I mean, that's what farm wives do when our husbands are busy. So I had to have like a mental switch that, that I could not be mad at him for working hard for us. And so I like to say now that he, they farm for us, not, you know, they're not against us. They're farming for us. Yeah, no. And it's, it's remarkable that you had that mindset change because that doesn't always happen. 
unfortunately. People stay right. bitter. It's a barrier in a lot of marriages. And it, it, we talked about this with Val Farmer back early on in the podcast. And he talked about how the relationship with the farm and the man can treat it in a one way. And, and that's not to say that a man can't treat it differently or as a priority over his family. That definitely does happen. But when a man t- treats it as like his baby instead of like his mistress, that's... right. And you recognize that, you know, you recognize that Bart was doing what he needed to do for the family and he was doing it the way that he understood a life to be lived. And kudos to you for for recognizing that because it's it's not easy. It's not an easy life to live and it's not an easy way to live. And you you recognize it, but you still stuck with it and you're making the best of it. And I think that's I think it's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm not saying that I don't struggle still because when our friends are out doing things and it's like, well, it's planning season. Sorry. Like I don't even ask Bart when I know it's busy time, like, you know, and that's when I think a lot of people think that the farm's coming first, but I think you sooner or later have to understand that those things have a time window. And while they do come first, like you're still important to your farmer or whoever, you know, your boyfriend, whatever, but you have to learn that you can't be bitter about it. I mean, it's just not a way to live because I, it's a mental struggle. I mean, I struggled really bad with it. And I think the one thing that helped me was I had to realize my role was different. I wasn't going to live like I grew up and I wanted to learn. I was tired of being in the dark and not knowing anything about anything where we were living or what he was doing. And so I just started asking a lot of questions and luckily he's super open to answering my millions of questions. And he finally just like made me start doing things like you're going to run the tractor and harvest. So hop in, I'll give you a 30 second lesson and you're going to go do it. Like he just, he pushes me in a good way and it, it really works for us because I probably wouldn't have ever been ambitious enough to do it without a push. Sure. Yeah, no. I mean, and that's that's great that you recognize that. Now, I'm curious, though, how long did it take for you to change your mindset, change the way you looked at it? Um, It was a while. So I this is kind of embarrassing to say, but I feel like in high school I was like a mean girl. I was I mean, I wasn't a bully, but I just wasn't the nicest human. And I feel like when I got into college, I started to like have a revelation that, wow, I was treating people like crap. And so I had a super negative mindset for probably oh, after we got married a couple of years. Like I was a negative Nancy. Everything was doomsday. If we couldn't do this, it was be pissed off for three days. And I don't know. I honestly cannot tell you what clicked, but I was tired of living miserable. Like I was doing it to myself m- most of the time. And so I just decided, and and I know people always think that I'm like the positive, you know, person to go to. I struggle still. I still have bad days, but <laughs> I was watching Grey's Anatomy the other day. And one of the actors said, I am just choosing to see the good and everything that happens, even when it sucks. Because he, he said, same thing. I was in that space where when things suck, you just want to talk about it and be negative in every way, but it doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you in any way. And that's how I like to think too. Those first few years, I mean, farming's hard and the market sucked. We had hail and I just felt like all I did was complain. And I think it started to bother Bart too. And so I just had a switch and yeah, I just, I try to see the positive and see the good in everything. It's really hard to do some days. I still have crappy days, but 
I don't want to unpack and live in the state of mind that the world is ending because of a bad five minutes. Yeah. And you know what? And you, it's funny you say that because we can let you say the world's not going to end because of a bad five minutes. But for a lot of people, that bad five minutes starts this chain reaction that that ends up making everything kind of crumble down. And right. you say some you said that when you can see the good, even though there is bad. And this year is is living proof of that. I mean, there has been it's just been a crappy year. I mean, I, I, that's no news to anyone, but that doesn't mean that there has not been good things that have happened this year. And I mean, not just to focus on this year, but in general, even when the markets suck and even when the weather's been crap, there are good things that happen and you can see the little kind of blips of light and that can get you through to the next day. Right. And you know, I made a post about this the other day. Yeah. 2020 has sucked, but would you have thought in March that we were going to survive all this, that we were going to grow? And it didn't seem that way, did it? No, no. And and I just was sitting there thinking the other day, like, I am a stronger person mentally. I never thought my kids were even going to make it to school and look at them. They're going as normal as possible. Like we always see the worst in every situation when it's something that's changing, that's out of our control. But really, we just learn to, we, I mean, life gets tough, we get tougher. What's our alternative? Yeah, I mean, what's the quote? I think I've seen this quote a lot lately. Like, we have a, like a, a perfect track record of making it through our worst days. And no matter how yep. bad, no matter how crappy it gets, we're, we're still going to survive. We're still going to make it through to the next day. And I think that's important in, in, in farming, gosh, you know, that's that mindset has kind of gotten generations upon generations through to make it to where we are today. And just just by getting through one day at a time. Yeah, for sure. And Bart, he's always famous for like we had several breakdowns during harvest. And that's just a part of it. That's something that's never not going to happen. And he right. always says, let's just don't sweat the small stuff. We can't control it. Let's just fix it and we'll move on. When the next problem comes, we'll face it when it does. We just don't sweat the small stuff. So was Bart, is Bart a, I mean, he's a farmer, so he's obviously a, an optimist because you have to be. So did, did you think a lot of that just kind of rubbed off on you? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think he's flourished in a way too. Like we just, we look at it in a different light than when, I mean, we're in year eight though. Like year one was hard. You have all these loans. You sign your life away on an operating note that you don't know if you're going to pay back ever. And we just, we struggled, both of us mentally for a couple of years until we realized that this is our life. We have chose this. So we are going to figure out how to make it through every day. And we have to just see the good and whatever comes yeah. our way. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's like you say, what's the alternative? Yeah, we really had to learn to accept change because that was probably one of our hardest things was like when things would change, we'd complain and, you know, moan and groan. So we've done really good at accepting that change is coming no matter what. We just have to learn to to take it head on instead of whine about it. <laughs> yeah, because it is. It is easy to whine about it. But um, I think you get you get to that certain point where you understand that whining does no good. And you just right. uh, you just kind of got to deal with stuff and um, make the best of it. Yeah. So tell me why did you? I mean, everybody has a reason why, but why did you start 
becoming so intentional with with your Instagram page and with sharing your message. I mean, it's a great message and it's one that I feel like didn't always get the most attention until very recently. Your 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 life as as a farm wife, as all the things that you do is what's involved in that. And why start telling that story? So I think that if eight years ago somebody would have had a Facebook page or an Instagram page and were speaking the truths that I too would not have struggled as much as I did. So I think that's my why. Yeah. I mean, that's great because I think that those are the best stories whenever you look, you, you said you look back to yourself eight years ago, whenever you start, whenever you started your journey and what are the things that you would have liked to have known then? And I think we all can find appreciation in that, whether wherever we at in our lives and like, man, I wish somebody would have told me this then, or I wish somebody would have said, this is going to get easier. Or, this is the part that's going to get harder. But, you know, I think that you think find real value in that. And I think it kind of gives you a little bit of maybe solace yourself in knowing that you know, you're possibly helping out somebody, not possibly, you definitely are. But I mean, when you're thinking about that in your mind, thinking about the possibility of helping someone, it makes it all seem worth it. Right. And I just think that telling the truth that like things do suck, but you're going to get through it. You can do this, this, and this to try and help it. I just think if I would have known like other wives were out there feeling as lonely and bitter as I was, that it would have made me feel a lot less alone. And I probably wouldn't have struggled as much mentally. So if I just help one person or a thousand or 10, however many, I don't care. If I just help one person feel less alone in the craziness of our life, then that's that's truly my only goal. That's great. I mean, and it's a valiant goal because there are people who struggle. There's so many people. And I know that you've made some posts and I've sent them to Carrie before. And they 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 just like really have spoken to her, not only her, but to our life in general. And to know, just to know, and I think that's, I think that is the, the really key thing here is to just know that someone else is going through what you're going through and being able to share that experience and know, and, and that's not, and not even necessarily have a solution, but to know that someone is going through that like you are, or has gone through that, it makes you feel maybe just a little bit more sane. It does. It makes you feel like you can actually get through the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's sometimes that's what we need. We need someone to help us get through the day. We do. It, I'm, and I think in agriculture, even more so that mental health is such a struggle because I feel like, especially with men, I mean, I'm going to speak from like my life, like men aren't supposed to struggle, right? You're not supposed to show your feelings. You're not supposed to right. do any of these things. So then I see my husband trying to be strong and trying not to struggle. And I'm like, well, I can't burden him with any of my silly feelings, you know? So I feel like then that tends to make women hold their in and we just, we all hold it in so long. Right. So both of you are kind of screwed then. Yeah. We all hold it in until one day you explode. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and that is, that's, that's a big issue. And I've never really thought of it that way in thinking about how women don't want to share their stuff because the men don't want to share their stuff. And, you know, that just, that makes it even more difficult in even more complex situation. It does. And, you know, I, there's been times that Bart sprays for 15, 16 hours a day and he's exhausted and I've had a crap day 
and I just want to talk about it. But I realized that he's also had a crap day. So that's like friend, like I'll hold that in. And then that's what I think Instagram, the community that you can just talk about anything with some people, it just really helps because if I have one of those days, I just call Kylie, for instance, instead of burdening Mm -hmm. my husband with, you know, crap that usually isn't that big of a deal. It's something about our kids had a bad day, but you feel like you just shouldn't add more weight to someone that is already trying to hold it together. No, that's a big, I'm glad you said that the way you did, because it's the same way for me having a group of guys who I can go to for that. Because, you know, when you, when you become extra needy in a, in a relationship, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're the husband or the wife, when you become like that extra needy person, it kind of sucks away from what the true meaning of the marriage is. And, and Obviously, you can share problems with one another, but when you don't want to like have that burden be even heavier, being able to go to someone else who totally understands your perspective, that's pretty invaluable. And I found a lot of, I've talked about that before, having that, that community, having the people who you can struggle to, that's huge. So I actually had a high school classmate who is a male message me. He farms in a town an hour from here. And he said, I know you probably don't have many men listen to your podcast. And I just want you to know that. And it was like in the very beginning, he said, I want to thank you because I never knew that my wife was feeling these things. And he said, I very much so overlooked her feelings. And I want to thank you because now I know that she is feeling the same way that you are. And I was like, whoa, I just told Kylie, I never thought that a guy would listen. And so it was kind of like, a revelation for us both. We're like, okay, we need to start talking to like both parties now that we know we have some men listening. So it was really good that, that obviously I opened his eyes for his marriage and his farm wife. So that was good. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'll say it too. I drop in on time to time for on your guys's podcast because I mean, it's helpful to see the wife's perspective of things because you don't see that as a guy. I mean, we're so, I mean, I'm typical, typical guy. And I just don't pay attention to stuff. I don't, I don't know half the time what's really going on unless I try actually try to figure it out. I mean, you just, and there's, there's value in that. And I'll share this with you because I'm actually working. We'll talk about this later on your, on, on your event, your uh, cultivating courage event. And I'm working on you graciously invited me to be a part of that this year. And I talk a little bit in the end about it in the end of my talk. And it's talking about women being able to bring men to the table when we talk about mental health. And that's a really valuable place for women to be in because it's super important. It's super important because who's going to get the men to do anything like that? It's going to be the women. I mean, that's the way it was for me. And that's, that's a really big part of what I don't want to divulge too much here because I want to save it for that. But that's a really that's a really valuable place for being. I don't want women to ever feel like they are discounted or not appreciated because in that space, in that part of that, that is really, really important for women to know that they play an integral role in the mental health thing of the men in their lives. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I have to remind I feel like 
when men don't want to talk because most men don't want to talk about that kind of stuff i just have to like remind bart like we appreciate what you're doing i know you're out there working hard hours and like you're missing the kids and missing me and i just want you to know that i appreciate it all i just like to reiterate how grateful we are yeah you know and like and i think those words that come from the women in our lives in this dynamic we're talking about husband and wives when you hear those words and when you hear the words grateful, because I think the one thing every man wants to do for his marriage, for his family, is he wants to be a good provider, however, whatever that is. And he wants to be able to say that he takes good care of his family. And whenever he hears those words, that can make all of the difference in the world. I mean, I know it does for me and I, I can it's, say yeah. that for pretty much any man listening to this is that's those are the most important words that we can hear from our wives. Right. Well, it's letting you know, it's validating that what you're doing is important and that you're doing your job. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I want to, I want to be respectful of your time tonight because I know you got some, you're uh, you're in a busy season. You've got some kids running around there and doesn't bother me one bit because I've been there. But I want to give you, first of all, we didn't get the chance to talk about your podcast. We've, we've kind of hinted around at your podcast. We've talked about it before because your partner in crime, Kylie, has been on the podcast before. And But I also want to talk about the event, that uh, the Cultivating Courage event. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about both of those things. Yeah, so Kylie and I, I actually... I don't even remember what made me want to do a podcast. I had listened to a podcast and I'm like, I think I could do this, but I didn't want to talk by myself because I don't know that I could talk just by myself for that long about anything of value. And so I just put on Instagram like, hey, looking for a co-host, farm wife chat podcast. Is anyone interested? And Kylie just messaged maybe question mark. Yeah. <laughs> And it was, so then I'm like, okay, are you serious? You really want to do it? And it was like, yep, we got on our first one, which was terrible. It was so bad. We didn't know how to edit. We didn't have microphones, but that's how it all started. We just wanted to chat our lives and hope that other women could resonate. And so that's how the Midwest Farm Wives was born. I love it. Like, do you guys ever go back and listen to the old episodes? Can you, can you, can you stomach them? Um, so I've only re-listened to the first one twice because of how bad it is. And so, <laughs> I mean, there, when we didn't know how to do, I mean, you live and learn, right? We had no idea about anything, but we decided we just have to try it. Otherwise we're never like, we're never going to perfect it enough to actually jump in and do it. So we just always tell people, Listen to the first one really fast and please give us a chance. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget my first two is, you know, I'd always heard about people say, you know, oh, you got to record in a closet. You got to have a good place for acoustics. Well, I was set up in our walk-in closet in, in mine and Carrie's bedroom and like everything was like, I was trying to get everything all set up just right. And <laughs> it was a disaster. It's like the table started falling over and like the internet and connection <laughs> didn't work and like... I mean, why I ever continued after that day, it was like on a Sunday afternoon too. So it was like right after church and like I, why I ever continued after that, I'll never know. It got better from there. But it's like you say, like if you ever wait for things to be perfect, you're never going to do them like no. ever. Like that'll never happen. I mean, 
obviously things still aren't perfect here and uh you know i'm 60 some episodes in and it'll never be perfect but it it can always you can always improve you can always get better absolutely fail forward fail forward yes i love that yeah so that's that's our podcast you can go listen to that anywhere basically and then cultivating courage came to life it was two years ago And there's a big um, women in ag conference in Manhattan. Well, it's also happens to be like the busiest time of spring. So I can't up and leave Bart with three kids and go for three days, six hours away. And I started to have like FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. I was getting myself in such a headspace of like comparison, like comparing my life, why I couldn't go do these things. And I was kind of getting in a mental slump. Like I couldn't, I wasn't able to go to that. I wasn't able to go to Commodity Classic. And I just realized that that is not my life. I'm not in the point, a season in my life when I can travel and do those things. And so I thought, I'm just going to have one in my hometown. That way I can just do it here. My niece can babysit. And so last this year, I guess the beginning of the year was the first one. And it was supposed to be in person. It was in April. And then COVID came along. And so it got changed to virtual and it still, I feel like it went well because so many more people were able to attend mm-hmm. probably for the same reason right. I couldn't go to Manhattan. And so we had 190 ladies register and there was 11 speakers. And so then, yeah, we've started planning this year's, it is going to be February 20th and Jason is a speaker. I mean, the only like, male I that's asked. Like, <laughs> that's like the, like, I mean, that's like gotta be like an, I, I get a trophy or like, like a little cup <laughs> with my name on it or something. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you're like, I just love how you bring mental health to, to light and it is important and it's so overlooked and under talked in the agriculture world for sure. And so I wanted you to talk, but I wasn't sure that you would feel comfortable with all women. And <laughs> you said you were more comfortable. So I am. It worked like, out good. Yeah. And I mean, and I think for the reason, because I feel like women are more receptive to it, but at the same time, they're also going to bring it to their husbands. I mean, a guy's yeah, probably, they're, you know, if they want to listen to me, I would I think it would probably be of more value if they if it was coming through the conduit of their wives. And yeah, I, I mean, whatever way the message gets to them, it's great. I mean, that's mission accomplished. Yeah. So it's really it's going to be good. We have 13 speakers, um, anything from mental health, marketing. There's one on kitchen confidence. We haven't decided what the Midwest Farm Wives will talk about yet, but I'm sure on a whim we'll figure it out. So Lots of good topics. It's going to be fun. Good. Well, I, I'm very excited. I spent a good part of this past weekend planning my stuff because I knew I'm one of those people that I can't do it something whim-like. If I do, it won't be any good. Uh, so I have right. to do things like way in advance. So I, I started my planning and doing a little bit of it at a time. And this weekend, I, I Carrie and I were away. And that was kind of one of the things I wanted to get accomplished. So I worked on it a lot for uh, this past weekend. So you should be proud of me. Good. Good job. <laughs> we'll probably wait another month and a half to do ours. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody <laughs> thrives in their own conditions, right? Yes. Yes, they do. And that's perfectly okay. 
Yeah. Well, Whitney, I appreciate you. Appreciate that we finally got the opportunity to to chat tonight. And it's been a lot of scheduling and rescheduling, but uh, I'm glad we finally got it done. And uh, I know you have some kids who need their mama, so I am going to <laughs> let you get to them. And again, appreciate you. Appreciate all the work that you do. And uh, I'm I'm glad we had this conversation. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and for everything that you do for mental health. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week. 